Hello and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Hope Story Circle from the Peace Alliance. And welcome to Peace On, your source for inspiring conversations and information from thought leaders across the spectrum on topics related to the strategies of building peace, fostering nonviolence, and creating a world that thrives, shifting our understanding toward empathy, compassion, and connection. My name is Terry Mason. I'm on the board of the Peace Alliance, and I'm joined to facilitate today with, by Liz Gannon-Braden, who is also on our board, and Yelena Popovich, who is our practicing peace in schools lead and mindfulness expert. And we have a wonderful special guest today. I'm very excited to, to introduce Anne Cummings. She's a restorative justice expert, and she has some wonderful things to share that I think really connect to a lot of us in a lot of different ways. So, Anne, do you want to just come off mute for a moment and say hello? Yes. Hi, everybody. Welcome. It's so nice to have you join us. So before we get started, we're going to hand it off to Yelena just to lead us in a grounding meditation, just to bring us all in together. Yelena? Thank you, Terry. Welcome, everyone. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this. Um, yeah, I will invite you into a centering practice that honors the earth. Um, for yesterday was the earth day and every day is an earth day. So I just want us to really connect with the earth today. So I invite you to find a way to, um, to a posture that your body will appreciate right at this moment. And into a posture that connects you with that earth, with perhaps the gravity. So maybe really feeling your feet touching that ground. Do you want to sit or stand, even lay down? However, that will connect you to this Mother Earth. To your feet, to your seat, to your back. Allow yourself to invite in some soothing, nourishing breaths. If breath is not available to you at this moment, perhaps sound is. Maybe listening to the sounds. Perhaps there is something outside of your window that you can invite in and appreciate.
just taking a moment to bring your awareness to your heart center. I want to put your hand there or just notice as you inhale. Heart and filling your heart with appreciation, gratitude, and love. Maybe bringing to mind many moments and things you feel grateful for. Your body, people you love, nourishing food, this moment. Consider bringing earth in everything that you experience, love, feel grateful for is made possible by this incredible planet that sustains us. air, breathe, water, drink, food we grow, all comes from the life giving of this planet that we call home. Just invite you to silently offer thank you to the earth. Healing the earth begin, begins with our own healing. Loving this planet starts by loving our own hearts and each other. Three nourishing, soothing breaths. I invite you to offer that gratitude. Offer the gratitude for people that have gathered this circle and welcome. And command, thank you all.
and feel free to unmute yourself and begin. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, it, I really appreciate being asked to join. Thank you, Judy. And then thank you. Uh, yesterday, I had a master class in how to put together a story and frame it in a larger picture for this group. So thanks to Elena and Liz and Terry for that. Um, I'll start out with some questions that I would like you to think about while I'm going through this story. Um, and simply put, it's a story about awareness. Um, I'm a restorative justice practitioner. And so this story is about a circle. If you're not familiar um, with restorative practices, you don't need to be. It's really, uh, you can apply what I'm talking about to really any discussion or gathering or conversation. Um, you can just insert those words when I say circle, but it's really the same, the same principles apply or the same questions actually. So, um, and I'm gonna be quoting a few of the of Liz and Elena and Terry too. So um, thanks again to them. They'll hear some of their words in this. Um, circles are about relationships and awareness is a foundational piece of that. So when we enter a circle as a, dis, um, a participant and, or as a facilitator, we can ask ourselves some questions. Like what are we aware of in the circle? Who's there? What do we know or not know? What privilege are we stepping into the circle with? If we don't feel a sense of safety in that group or in that circle and respect as a participant, how do we voice that? And what do we do if we believe a circle is going sideways if, or in fact, if it's doing harm to the participants? Um, the questions, if you're facilitating a circle is how do you facilitate a discussion with awareness and respect? Um, and an adherence to the guidelines um, that a facilitator will help participants um, decide on before a conversation starts. Uh, and guidelines help participants feel safe. And then on a personal level, how do we heighten our awareness of and attunement to our own relationships and conversations with others? And how do we increase our positive uh, interactions in the world? which I think this is, this is also kind of a parable for that of having positive interactions. So here's my story. It's a story about people who are well-meaning, but who lacked awareness and sensitivity to others. Uh, and I have changed the names, just so you know. <laughs> in 2016, I worked for an alternative to incarceration program in Berkeley, California. For um, It was a program for young men ages 18 to 24 who were referred to this program through the Oakland District Attorney's Office. Um, so instead of doing jail time, they, um, they had the choice to come to this program. The founders of it were reimagining the prison system by creating a campus instead of a prison for these young men charged with nonviolent crimes. I think they were all felonies. Um, and the focus would be on completing their high school education, enrolling in community college, participating in community service, finding jobs through the career program. It was a very grand plan. Um, the program's foundation was based on the principles of restorative justice, and many of the staff were trained to some degree in restorative practices. 
Uh, community building circles were a fundamental component of this, of restorative practices and of this program. And these were held sometimes daily, but mostly weekly on a Friday with all staff and all of the five young men uh, in the program. So the story about a circle. One Friday, we gathered in a circle with our staff facilitator, um, the five young men in the program, and a few other staff members, including me, and our executive director, who I'll call Jane. Jane was a very earnest young woman who was not particularly experienced in working with justice-involved youth. Um, we were also joined by our new CEO, who was unfortunately an infamous career educator. He'd been superintendent of um, Prince George's County in Maryland, that school district, uh, the Los Angeles School District, and the Stockton School District, among others. He had worked at the Gates Foundation. He was a member of the Aspen Institute, and the list went on and on. Um, so turning to the circle then, many circle facilitators, and I am not one of them, I have a different type of practice, but many facilitators create a, a centerpiece in a circle as a way for participants and the facilitator to share items that are important to them, which helps build connections and it helps focus the group and helps set intentions for the discussion. Jane, our executive director, who was not the facilitator of this group, followed this practice. And she had asked everyone to bring something uh, meaningful, um, an item that was meaningful to them and share its personal meaning in this circle as a way of building community and connection. Jane started us off and placed a scarf on the floor in the center of the circle and placed on top of that um, a beautiful ceramic bowl of Italian pottery. She explained that she had purchased the bowl on a trip to Italy, and then she added coins to the bowl that were from Norway, where she had taught school for a year. She then asked everyone else to add an item to the center and explain its meaning or importance. So the issue, maybe you've already picked up on it, was a lack of awareness. The problem was the boys, and I'm, I do call, I did call them boys. I had the mom vibe for sure, but the boys had had all of their belongings taken from them when they were first incarcerated. They had come to this program straight from jail. New clothes had been given to them when they arrived. So they didn't even have personal clothing with them, let alone any personal items to share. So when Jane asked if they'd brought something, every boy each go around to the circle said pass, except for one boy, Jacob, who added very proudly and rightly so his 30 day sobriety chip uh, to the bowl. As for me, I brought a, a favorite book of mine from the onsite library uh, because I was acutely aware that the boys had nothing and I wanted to find a way to participate without, um, yeah, with, with respect for their status and in a way trying to model a little bit, this is something we could have done, um, something, a found object on site. Um, so the lack of awareness was compounded uh, when our CEO, when it was his turn, he pulled a Washington DC Metro ticket out of his wallet. And as he was placing it in the Italian pottery bowl, said, this was the Metro ticket that I used when I was in Washington, DC, working on President Obama's transition team. So perhaps he had imagined there would be a response of excitement or recognition when he shared this item, but it was a non-starter when he said Metro ticket. 
which is the name for the DC subway system. And maybe if he had said BART, for those of you in the Bay Area, there would have been a different reaction. That's our rapid transit system here. But there was no, um, really, it was silenced. So the first round of this circle, apologies, um, uh, was devoted to discussing the items that had been shared, otherwise known as, and I'm quoting Elena, um, objects without relatability. And I, that phrase is so apt. It's obviously why each of the boys passed. Oh, apologies, I don't know how to turn that off. Um, when it was their turn to speak. And as this went on, I grew more and more uncomfortable with what was unfolding in front of me. So you may be thinking, what was our facilitator doing all this time and watching this unfold? Remember that there, there's a power differential here um, that was between a par participant, our CEO, and the facilitator who was staff and the rest of the staff, including me. The CEO was our boss. Our facilitator had just met him the day before. And it was clear he didn't feel comfortable intervening or finding a way to turn the conversation back to some fundamental community building questions. Um, and I too was intimidated by the CEO and my own discomfort uh, was extreme. It was very painful to participate. Um, I had only been there a few weeks and I was really at a loss as to how I could help change the dynamic or the direction of the conversation and bring the circle back to center. Um, it gets worse. <laughs> so in the next go around, one of the boys, Carl, asked the CEO about his gigantic, beautiful, expensive watch, which Carl said he admired. Uh, and the CEO said, yes, it's a wonderful watch. It's fully waterproof. I scuba dive with it. And I wore it skiing with my kids in Tahoe last week. There was so much powder. It was a fantastic experience. You all should try skiing. And Carl said, oh, I'd love to. And at this point, two of the boys just pulled their hoodies up over their heads and crossed their arms and sat back in their chairs. So uh, back to the awareness piece. If the absence of the items to share and the response of pass to every question didn't send a message to Jane and the CEO and, and the rest of the staff, the boys' physical responses should have rung alarm bells. The boys were completely aware of and accustomed to what these well-meaning people were doing and how they were misreading or ignoring all of their signals. This is why they were happy to let Carl distract the CEO with questions so they wouldn't have to answer any more stupid questions themselves. <laughs> the boys weren't angry. Um, they were tired and bored. Um, this was more of the same of what their experiences had been pretty much all along uh, the, path, the road in this program of people not treating them well, not understanding what their circumstances were. And the boys knew that they had to say the very things that the administrators wanted to hear them say in order to stay in the program. Um, so I guess I would call this kind of performative restorative justice. Um, and the circle itself was just a symptom of a much bigger issue with the program itself. So now we can talk about my lack of response. <laughs> As someone who'd been practicing restorative justice and run a restorative justice program in a high school, what was I doing? I, my paralysis in this circle was actually not a surprise to me. Um, uh, but looking back, my question has always been, what could I have done differently? 
And the difficult part is speaking up when some participants don't notice that anything is amiss. And the ones who do notice wanna be anywhere else but there in that circle. So I felt frozen. And some of the questions are, what can you do as a participant when you know there's harm being done? For me, it, it, there was great harm being done to the young man. What can you do to encourage yourself and others to speak honestly? And for example, Carl could have said, I have nothing to share because I have no possessions. And this is an extremely uncomfortable situation for me listening to you talk about your items. So uh, what can you do to help a circle shift back to that place of truth or honesty? Um, and I've thought a lot about that since then. Um, I'm checking my time. I think I'm good on time. And I, I, I'm going to give you an an epilogue for the program. Uh, and I want you to brace yourself because this is not a happy, happy one, but then I'll give you my closing thoughts really on the, on the whole experience. Um, so the program fell apart, which is probably not a surprise to you listening to the story. Um, I quit a month later because things were getting dangerous, including boys sneaking out at night and shoplifting at the local market. There was huge staff turnover. There was a lack of consistent supervision and consequences and more. Um, and mind you, this program had been funded by Google. It was uh, started by two women who were 30 under 30 in Forbes. It was a big splash. It had been committed to uh, by the Oakland DA and judges, and it was a huge disappointment that um, that it didn't uh, work or continue. The boy I mentioned, Carl, who had tried this, to steer the circle into story time with the CEO, um, which I, I, I have to say was very funny because it just gave everybody a free pass to relax while he just kept asking the CEO questions about his, his life and his family and his travels. Um, unfortunately, Carl, was seriously injured in a drive-by shooting a month later. He was on a field trip with the program to go to a movie in Oakland and um, said hello to a girl during the intermission and her boyfriend got annoyed and, and um, shot him in the parking lot after. I visited him every day in the hospital for three weeks after that and he returned to the program. When the program finally shut its doors a year later, he was released. And a year after that, he was involved in a hit and run in Oakland where he killed a young girl and injured her family. He turned himself in two days later and wrote a letter of apology to the family, which is a primary part of addressing harm and restorative justice. Uh, and he continued apologizing and taking responsibility for his actions at every court appearance after that. Nothing, of course, replacing uh, the young girl and what he had done. Um, but it was surprising to me that some of the restorative justice piece um, Carl actually did take to heart. Um, in 2020, Carl was a four-time felon. Uh, he was sentenced to six years in state prison, uh, which is where he's serving time now. Two of the other boys were released from the program entirely and arrangements were made for the remaining two to finish out their sentences in another um, alternative program. So, sorry for that. That's a very, it's a very grim um, end to it. But, and I, 
I think it is something to think about when I'm talking about the circle and the larger impact of what what you could see evident in in um, in every everyone's actions or or discussions in that circle. I have a certain naivete about the world and people's behavior. I am still surprised when people don't read a room, um, especially in an environment where there are extreme variables in age and power and privilege and race and status and ability. Um, you have to work hard to create a circle or a discussion or any you know, in a gathering where there's going to be a talk. You have to work hard to build trust and especially uh, with people whose lived experiences are very different from your own. So it's not a matter of trying to step into other people's shoes and often that's impossible. I believe it's a matter of creating awareness and in this case of stating the obvious. And the question is how do you create that awareness and a first step uh, in my mind, would be to discuss the need for it at the outset and add it to the group guidelines and make everyone comfortable in the circle, including yourself, um, by addressing it. As a facilitator, you can remind participants how to maintain their awareness so the space feels safe and honest and free of the insult and injury and irony that I was, uh, witnessed that day in Berkeley. I was painfully aware of how disrespectful the staff was with the boys and their own discomfort and, and disconnect were visible and obvious in their body language and their lack of participation. But this experience helped me think about what approach I could have taken as a, as a participant um, and as a facilitator, even if the topic is uncomfortable or I feel out of my depth. My goal now, since that time, is to speak simply and be direct and speak the truth be aware and listen and affirm with all of my attention and focus. And most importantly, to do no harm. And now I know that a circle is a success when it reaches that watershed moment where participants stop saying pass and start talking. And there's no greater reward than when people feel safe enough in a circle you're facilitating to share their thoughts and speak their truth. And thank you for listening to my story. Thank you, Anne. So Liz, Yelena, we spoke yesterday when we were planning the call with Anne about potential inquiries. What, what would you like to share with the group to go into the breakouts with? Yelena, was there something that came up for you that you wanted to frame? Otherwise, I, I can do it. No, Liz, the only thing I would invite us in as we enter the rooms is to take a deep breath. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just really want to honor um, your story and, and, and thank you for your story. And thank you for bringing a story that you're asking us to hold when we're holding a little bit of heaviness around the story. Um, and as you were talking, I thought about something, I, I, you know, the words that we, came, we were talking about yesterday, attunement, awareness and attunement. And I was thinking about the fact, um, some of you who are regulars have heard me talk about my father and he was a teacher and a civil rights activist. And I, and I also say, I could tell you a million pieces of wisdom he gave me, but there were two things that I always say to people, he taught me every day. And one of them, I realized, I didn't realize till I heard you tell your story again today. He said, when you walk into a room, look around and look for a person you think is the most different from yourself and sit down next to them 
and then talk with them until you find something you have in common. And there were three words that came up when we were talking yesterday, awareness, attunement, and the fact that a circle, even the circle we're holding here virtually, right, is relational, right? We're trying to create a relationship. And, I, and, and it wasn't until now that I thought of how on purpose my father taught me those. He may not have used those words, right? But, but when you walk into a space, bring your awareness, attune to what's going on, right? And think about how you can create a relational um, experience. And so I think what we'd like to leave you with kind of as, as broad as possible is to really hold Anne's story with your heart and really address maybe what came up for you as she was telling the story in terms of um, whether a situation yourself, when you entered it could be a workplace, you know, Terry said at the beginning, it could be a workplace, it could be a family situation. When, when um, you maybe felt that there was, um, I wanna use the words used, that there was harm happening, right? In a relational experience. And if in your wisdom, as you're coming up, if you guys maybe would like to have a conversation about what skills have you gained or what would you maybe be able to bring to it that we can share now so that as we leave this circle, we walk away with a different kind of wisdom because of Anne's powerful, beautiful sharing. So let me try to pull that down into an inquiry, right? So I love that you said, let's all take a deep breath. Let's hold with great care the story that Anne shared. And as we go into the rooms, sit with one another, kind of take that moment to create a relational feeling in the small room. And then bring up what came up for you with her story, either something you are thinking about now or something you've learned that you would like to share with the group. Wonderful. Thank you, Liz. So um, Yelena is going to set up the breakout rooms because I'm on an iPad this time and I can't do it. We're gonna do our best to have three people in a room and our agreements always, and I think they are even more true with this topic, our agreements always are to listen with your heart, to speak from your heart, to say just enough so that others have an opportunity to share. And if you don't feel inspired to share, then give the gift of listening. Um, and we're gonna try to have three people in a room. If things are out of balance, um, you may get a second invitation and if you get it, take it, it's a good one. But we're gonna be in the breakout rooms for about 15 minutes. We'll give you a, a three minute warning when we're close to the end. And we look forward to hearing what comes of these conversations and your shares. When we come back, do keep confidentiality. You're, you're invited to share the themes of what was discussed, but anything personal about that anyone shared about their own personal stories. If they choose to share it, that's fine, but um, try to be respectful of that. So we'll be back in a few minutes. I'll see if I can pause the recording. Welcome back everyone. I, I in, in our room, we had a wonderful conversation. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing what people may wanna share from, from the breakout room. So feel free to come off mute and let us know what you're thinking about right now.
I'm thinking about the yin position of the listener and how important that is when you're in a group is to be the one who is willing to hear whatever anybody has to say. Doesn't judge it, doesn't reject it, but is also listening to what is not being said. And to get ready to ask a question to draw out what needs to be said, you know? because whatever one person needs to say, other people in the group are gonna say, oh yeah, I wish I said that. <laughs> and that's, that's relationship and, and a, a, a group, in my experience, is so much more powerful than me, myself and I. Because uh, I, I have a committee up here. <laughs> it's a dangerous committee. Thank you. I don't call it dangerous. I might call it provocative. But that can be a good thing. Who else would like to share? Feel free to come off mute. Um, I'll share because I, I uh, following up on what David just said, oh, it says my internet is unstable. Am I there for there you carry yep. uh, uh, to follow up on what David said about the silence and importance. And, and also, I love that this thing about <laughs> that's true in any circle or meeting I'm in my inner voice, what I call my inner voices or the thousand characters are always, so you're not only contending what's going on externally in the group, but also what's going on in your head about the group. So that's very interesting. But one of the things that I had, we were lucky to have Anne in our group. And one of the things she, we were ending on was, but also um, contributed to this because he was, talking from the indigenous Native American vantage about circles and about noticing and naming the obvious. So it's a little bit, David, about what you were saying that, you know, sometimes there's an elephant in the, in the room or in the closet and noticing and naming the obvious is sometimes the big release point or the tension releaser that, that allows real communication to happen but having to having the bravery or courage or passion to say it and to say it in a non-threatening way whatever the elephant is 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 can be very powerful and it's tricky yeah thank you judy Who else would like to share? We might have time for one more. I guess I could share. Wonderful. 
it was such a pleasure um, to be in small breakouts because then it was really um, nice to be able to really connect. And we talked about a lot of different things and were able to truly connect um, that Ms. Angie and I live in the DC area um, and are both uh, 500 plus hour yoga instructors and um, talked about our, um, our uh, desires to really address the deep needs of our youth, in particular DC, Baltimore, but all inner cities and everywhere in between. Mm. You know, that our youth are really providing us a tremendous opportunity to be more aware and be willing to truly listen. Like you had said, it's about listening to what's being actively shared. Our youth's behavior, our youth's energy, their messages are loud and clear and getting louder and stronger every day. Mm -hmm. But we also, I think, which is wonderful awareness is to listen to what's not being said also by our children, by our families, by our communities. And there's like this level of almost oversaturation to be able to have space to be aware, to absorb, and to actually move into action. So it was more of a, how can we connect our energies and our intentions and of our level of awareness of what is really going on on the surface and below to truly assess and figure out even where to begin and that the value of having a small program, even with that one was only serving five young men in California. There was so many lessons to be learned that then can be shared and implemented um, on many different levels, but that even little small programs can have a massive impact because people see that this one works and this one was really effective and take pieces of, of what is effective to then have a wider reach and a higher level of awareness. Um, and that those small steps turn into big um, possibilities for mm -hmm. particularly our children and our community. And one thing I just wanted to share, wrap it up with Miss Angie had some wonderful insight is that even small programs like that are innovative and they inspire and create appreciation and initiation. So thank you, Miss Angie, for those words of wisdom. Thank mm -hmm. you too for wisdom and sharing. It was awesome. <laughs> wonderful, thank you. Oh, we're gonna come to a close. Um, I'm attempting to put some links in the chat. I'm failing miserably. So the Hope Story Circles are brought to you by the Peace Alliance and the Peace Alliance website is peacealliance.org. I invite you to join us there um, and to look at all the things we have going on. We are, let me that part in. Uh, there we go. 
at the website, you'll find a calendar of events that has the other Hope Story Circles, the other calls that we, that we have that you're welcome to join. We also have a donate link. We're a small nonprofit. We accept donations of any size. This is my birth month. I'm especially doing a fundraiser for my birthday. Um, but we welcome donations of any size. And actually for 2022, we have a special campaign going. We're looking for $20,000 and 22 monthly donors. So join us as a monthly donor. That would be really wonderful. That gives us sustainable income. We also have links on the website about um, H.R. 1111, the Department of Peacebuilding Act, which is our cornerstone piece of legislation that we support, and about the Hope Story Circles. You can find a link about that. You can share with others um, to join us here on these Hope Story Circles. We'd love to have others join us. So we're so grateful for all of your participation today and, and for your participation as our guest. Very wonderful, deep conversations, very rich, and we're really grateful. So do you have any final words before Liz wraps us up? No, thank you all for inviting me and I appreciate everybody's kind attention to the story. Thank you so much, Liz. Yeah, and I really do wanna thank you and all of the participants today, because I just wanna tell you, my body is tingling in a way that has never happened on a Hope Story Circle. And I wanna name a couple of threads that I wanna weave together. When there were just a couple of us on, you know, Terry is right now away and she said right behind her is the Pacific Ocean. And I shared that I'm staying at a friend's beach house and I'm looking right out at the Atlantic Ocean. And then it was, and that was the other person on said, well, she's in Kansas. And I just started to picture this force field, right? Of connection um, spanning the country. And then each of the people who spoke in response, you each said a word that really landed on me powerfully. David, you used the word listening, and then Judy used used the word noticing, and and then um, you I, I I can't even read your name, um, but what's your name who spoke last? Ah. But she used the word connecting. Susan Kelly. Oh, Susan Kelly. So you use the word connecting and I love that, right? It was all about what we kind of talked about, right? That idea of listening, noticing, connecting. And I wanna share just a quick story that I'm bringing to my own because we talked about it can be in any setting. When I was a teacher, I, I didn't come from an education background. I had a different background. I got into teaching and my father had been a teacher. And when I started teaching, he told me a couple of things. He said, never use a teacher's guide, never use a pre-made test, never use the same lesson plan with a different class. Um, and when I set up my classroom, I set it up in a circle. I really did. And I got a rug and I put the rug in the middle of the circle. Well, I guess it was a square because the desks were square. And I said to the kids, when you start class, you can sit on the floor or sit in your chair. I just don't want you getting up and down, but, you know, pick a place and, and that's where you go. And so we would do that for class and some kids would choose to sit on the rug in the floor and some would stay in their desks. But when I gave them tests, I had them line up in rows so that they could sit and take the tests. And um, I was saying to Terry and, and to Yelena, I spent the first two weeks of class, I would give them very different assignments and I would sit there, but they did independently. I'd sit there and take copious notes. This one writes with their legs tapped up under them. This one um, gets up and walks around. This one does this. I would take lots of notes on each of the kids and try to give assignments that kind of met all the needs of the kids. And one day, one of the boys, I set them up in rows to take a test. And one of the boys said to me, Mrs. Graydon, could I take my test lying down on the rug? 
And I thought it for, about it for a second. I thought, well, if all 30 kids asked me, I can't do it. But this kid asked, and he finished the test so quickly and he didn't struggle and he handed it and he did really well. It was the best he had ever done on the test. And I know they talk about sometimes when you study, the way you study is the way you do better. Maybe he studies on his bed or however. And I also thought though about the attunement of the class and what we had created, because none of the other kids then asked to do it because they knew this child needed that, right? They sensed kind of the, the relationship and the connection and what he needed. And I just thought about how all of us, no matter what our job and where we're going, I hope let's take this connection we made here with these people here with Anne's very beautiful story and move out um, making sure that our intention meets, that our impact meets our intention, right? Um, that our impact meets our intention. Go out in the world with certain intentions, but is our impact meeting that? And I think it happens by focusing on all those things you named, right? Attuneness and awareness, but the words that we use in the circle, listening, noticing, uh, connecting. So I really wanna just thank you all for this beautiful space and Anne, your powerful story. Um, and I send, and I want to send us all off though, but radiating that connection and keeping that connection. Angie, I love your background, right? Even planetary and globally, right? Pictures just kind of creating this field that we walk forward with, with this intention to have our intention meet our impact by doing all of those things we named. So thank you guys. And, um, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so thank much. You. Feel free to come off mute and say goodbye. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a lovely day. Thank you. Wonderful Saturday. <clears throat> Thank you, bye. Thank bye. you. Thank you for joining us today at Peace On. We hope that it inspires you to engage in dialogue in your larger community. Peace On is brought to you by the Peace Alliance, found at peacealliance.org. <laughs>